Amen. Let's talk about book of Proverbs, chapter number 27. I've been quoting this verse a little bit here recently. It won't come as a surprise to you. Proverbs 27 and verse 7 says this. The full soul loatheth an honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Book of Deuteronomy chapter number 8. You know, hunger is a funny thing, isn't it? Hunger and appetite. Hunger and appetite. You know, they say never go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Right? This is like everything looks good. I, I went to Costco for my wife one day, and it happened to be on one of the days I was fasting along the journey in our life. That was, that was not wise. I wanted to throw all kinds of stuff in the shopping cart. I restrained. I only got what was on the list, and it was a very small list, thankfully. You can't get in and out of Costco for less than 100 bucks. I've decided. But, you know, when, when your stomach's empty, everything, everything starts looking pretty good, right? But, you know, when you're, when you're full, you can get a little picky. You know, you walk past the buffet the third time, you're like, eh. I know nobody in here has ever done that. Right, you walk, ah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, the first time you're just piling on. Right? The second time, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a little more selective, right? Be a little more select. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go back. I'm just gonna get one more thing of that. I, that one, right? We get more selective. The fuller we get, we get more selective. But to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. The hungry soul is not overly selective. She says, I'm hungry. Now, Deuteronomy 8, verse number 3. Speaking to the children of Israel in the wilderness, the Lord says this of the Lord. He humbled you and he allowed you or suffered you to hunger. Why would the Lord allow his people to hunger? Here's why. He allowed you to hunger and he fed you with manna that you didn't know or understand. Neither did your fathers know. And here's why he did that. That he might make you know that man does not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. The Lord allows you and I to experience hunger. I'm not talking naturally. I'm talking spiritually. He allows us to experience hunger, emptiness, a longing in areas of our life spiritually so that we'll come to learn the things of the natural just don't satisfy me. He let them be hungry because He wanted them to learn you're not going to be fed by bread only. What you hunger for is something beyond what you can get in the natural. I'll feed you with something you don't understand. Manna, you can't comprehend. This is something I'm giving you. But even after a while, they started loathing manna. Is that right? They said, I wish we had meat to eat. They complained and carried on. He says, you want meat to eat? I'll give you meat to eat. 
You tell them there's going to be meat and enough. Moses said, Lord, how's this going to be? We had a quail for days till it was stuck in their teeth. Yeah, read the story. The Lord allows hunger. This is a principle. Some of you are like, how come I'm just... He allows hunger so that we learn the natural does not satisfy. I cannot live by bread alone. But I truly live life, that which sustains life, that which gives me life, that which feeds me and satisfies me comes from the living Word of God. That's what causes men to live. Psalm 34, verse number 8, says this, O taste and see that the Lord is good. When's the last time you tasted? That's what it says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. Verse number 9. O fear the Lord, you His saints, for there is no want. Look at that. There is no want to them that fear him. Look at verse number 10. I can't even read that. The young lions do lack. I should probably just look right here since it's in front of me. The young lions do lack and what what do they do? They suffer hunger. Watch. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Young lions lack and they suffer hunger. But those that seek the Lord, they shall not want any good thing. That speaks of a soul that's satisfied. A soul that's satisfied. How is it that the Apostle Paul could say, I have learned in whatever state I'm in therewith to be content? I'll tell you how he'd learned it. He'd learned to live and abide in Christ. He had tasted and seen the Lord is good. And he learned, as long as I have him, I'm satisfied. Talking about hunger. What do you hunger for? What do you have an appetite for? My wife has an appetite for Coca-Cola. Some of y'all knew. I I knew I better finish that or I was going to get in trouble. Some of y'all were throwing darts at me already. She has an appetite for Coca-Cola. You knew this, right? I have one for coffee. I get up in the morning. I have to have a cup of coffee. Some of y'all with me. You have that appetite too. Right? My wife's is for Coca-Cola. And so her appetite will cause her to text me if I'm out and say, could you bring me a Coke? And I love going, I don't know that I'm even passing McDonald's, baby. But I know I better not come home without a coat. Right? You got somebody that's got an appetite, they can get hangry in a hurry. Right? Right? That appetite, we, we have these things we desire in the natural, what we hunger for, and we find ways to feed them. We find ways to feed them, don't we? 
Psalm 107, verse 8 and 9. See the word of the Lord here. Psalm 107, verse 8 and 9. For he, or oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Some of you don't even realize it, but your soul is starving. Starving. And the frustration is because you're seeking to fill the hungry soul with natural things. And wrongly believing that will somehow satisfy the hunger of your soul. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus. You, we didn't read all of Psalms 107. You could. It talks much about the children of Israel and their hunger. Verse 5 says, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Verse 9, we just read, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. I have a question for you. What do you desire? What, what are you hungry for? Really, if you were to stop and write down, this is what I hunger for. This is what I thirst for. Some of you may put, I really hunger for peace in my home. I know where you can find it. I know where you can find it. He can do that. He can do that. And here's how the adversary works. If this, if we had this, then it would bring peace in our home. Some natural thing. It's deception. It's deception. What every soul longs for and needs can only truly be filled by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's a question of appetite. It's a question of hunger. Matthew 5 and 6, most of you can quote it. Jesus is to be attitudes. He says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. You want to be blessed, think about what you hunger for. Blessed are they that hunger, and it's a promise. They shall be filled. They shall be filled. You know, I love eggnog milkshakes. You going to get a witness? Amen. Man, I love those things. But they only do them part of the year. You notice that? They just do them like, like and it's the coldest part of the year. Why not do them in the middle of the summer? But no, I, you know, I really like those things. And so, so 
I may at times, I haven't had one yet this year. I may at times go overboard during a couple of months. Like, you know, I think I might just go get me an eggnog milkshake. I may just get me an eggnog milkshake. I mean, what, what am I doing? I'm feeding a hunger. I'm feeding a hunger. We understand this in the natural. And can I tell you, we're, gonna, we're getting ready to shift here. Can I tell you, the reason at times we do not go deeper in the things of God when He'd like to take us deeper is because we have this surface hunger. We're content to eat junk food. You know, it's easier to just grab a bag of chips than it is to stop and prepare a meal. Thank God for my wife who can cook. I'd be having microwave burritos and bags of chips and Pop-Tarts and cereal, whatever I can fix quick. And all the men are like, amen, most of you, most of you, not all of you, but most of you. And that's how we are spiritually. If we're not careful, we need the. I really feel the Holy Ghost trying to check our hunger. What are you hungry for? And if you're going, well, man, I just don't know. I'm going to tell you. If you don't know what you're hungry for, it may be an indicator. You've been filling yourself with things that are not that. What's happening is like you know what? I'm just full. I, I, you know, I'm just full. But your soul is crying out for its maker. Your soul. And your maker is saying, oh, taste and see that I'm good. I would desire to fill you with that which you do not know of. There's things that I have prepared for you that your soul longs for. But you filled yourself with so many natural things. Things of this world. Things of this life. That you're just, you're filling your appetite. You're pacifying your senses with all of those things. Touch, taste, feel, smell. You're filling it with all of these things of this world. And the Creator is going, I have so much for you. I have a banquet prepared for you. But you can't get past your filling yourself with the natural that you've gorded on the things of this world. That when I would feed you with spiritual things, you have no appetite. What are you hungry for? I feel the Spirit of the Lord desiring to pour into His people, but there's got to come a shift in our appetite. There's got to come a change in what I thirst after, what I hunger for. Why? Because if I'm filled with the things of this world, there's no room for the things of God. And He will not compete for space I've heard the story, it would seem like a thousand times, and I'd give anything to hear my grandmother tell it to me one more time. She would tell of the early days of her marriage when they would go and be with my great-grandmother. I never met her. She passed before my time. But my great-grandmother and great-grandfather on my grandpa's side and she was the matriarch. She was the connection to the Lord. Her name was, before she got married, it was Hester Stroop. And my grandmother would talk about coming over and they would sit down. She would prepare a meal. They would all sit around the table and have a meal. And my grandmother would say to her, Mom, are you not eating? She, oh, no, honey, I'm not eating. Go ahead. I'm fine. I'm fine. And she said, this would be after working all day in the fields. 
She'd come in, prepare a meal for everybody, and then she'd sit at the table with them, serve them, and not, no, honey, I'm fine, I'm fine. It wasn't until my grandmother progressed that she realized all those days, and she said it wouldn't be just like a day. It would be days on end. She just, the Lord had her in a place where she was just fasting and waiting on God, and she didn't have an appetite at the table. She was just hungering for the things of God. And if you knew her life story, she had a, my great-grandfather was not a kind man to hear the stories. But she had a walk with God. My grandmother tells a story one time of a lady down the road that was dying with cancer. And one day my great-grandmother called her and said, come on, we're going to go to that house. They took her and they walked and went wherever it was, walked to this house, went in, went into the lady that was there dying with cancer. My great-grandmother began to pray and turn to someone in the house, I don't know, spouse, child, friend, I don't know, maybe even my grandmother. Said, go get a mason jar and fill it up with water and bring it back in here. And they told her, the lady, she's not, they said, she's not eating or drinking anything. She's, we think she's done. And she told them, go do this. And they came back with a mason jar of water. And they had her set up. My great-grandmother said, here, drink this water, and the Lord's going to heal your body. And she did, and God did. And the Lord raised her up, and she lived. How did she know to do that? Where would the power? I'll tell you how. She had an appetite for spiritual things. Her hunger had shifted from the things of this world. To a world eternal. What's your appetite? You know, you can tell my appetite and I can tell yours by what you take in. I can tell you I'm hungry for the things of God, but my life reveals what my hunger is. You understand? I want an eggnog milkshake. I'm going to go get it. Now, I do deny myself at times. I really do, believe it or not. But I can say what I'm hungry for, but my life reveals what I'm hungry for. And I hear the Holy Ghost challenging us about our appetite. You know, some people give no regard to what they take in. I'm not saying that's you. I've, I've gone out to eat with I've gone out to eat before at buffets. Not my favorite thing. I'm not a big buffet person. For whatever reason. And I've seen people go by with plates. And I've looked at those plates and I'm like, my goodness, they're gonna eat all that. And I thought, you know, this is a buffet. You can go back. <laughs> anybody ever seen like, anybody ever know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? They got a plate that you would think it's like you only get one chance. <laughs> anybody ever seen that besides me? And I'm like, it's a buffet. 
Pace yourself. And I'm thinking, and sometimes I'm like, they're going to put all that in their body. And sometimes I've wondered, do they even taste? Do they even taste it? Or are they just? Am I not talking? Is this making sense? I was, the first time I was in Italy and I was in Sicily and I walked into a home and they had meal prepared and we, we sat down and they brought me a, a bowl of pasta. Well, they brought us all a bowl of pasta. And I thought, oh man, this is awesome. You know, the guy made it. He was a culinary, art, uh, he was a culinary arts teacher at university in Sicily. And uh, he made this pasta. Oh man, it was incredible. They had this big old stockpile. They served, there were about 11 of us in this apartment eating dinner, 11, 12, 13, whatever. And uh, I thought, man, this is good. And then they came back and said, you want another bowl? And I'm thinking, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> okay, well, we're finishing off the pot. I sort of felt bad, but I was the guest, so they were kind, and I ate another bowl. Well, then I learned that was what they call first plate. <laughs> they really do eat pasta first in Italy. I'm like, oh, man, I'm done. <laughs> I did. I told them. I said, you know. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in the United States, like this is the meal. I'd be 350 pounds if I lived in Sicily. I kid. I mean, so they clear that out and then in comes all this plate with chicken and salad and vegetables. And I'm like, what in the world? Well, I ate that way the whole time I was there. Uh, and as we went place to place, and they took us eating while we were, and I, man, I just enjoyed the food so much, and I would tell them, "Oh my goodness!" And I mean, and they would all finish, and they're just watching me eat. True story. They're watching me eat, and I'm, I'm enjoy, and I'm like, "You guys eat so fast, you, you don't even enjoy the food." Like I'm enjoying this taste. You know what I mean? Like I'm enjoying it. Like. I get a cup of coffee. I don't drink. Some people like they drink their cup of coffee real quick. And like, I, I don't if, if If you're one of those, I'll pray for you. I, but I, I like to enjoy it. I like to hold the cup in my hands and my hands be warmed by it. I, I like to take a smell the coffee. I, I like to. Are you anybody with me? It's an experience to me, not just a. I think sometimes in our relationship with God. We come into his presence and we no longer savor his presence. God, I'm here it's Sunday. It's Thursday. Would you just touch me? I just need a touch real quick. Lord, you know what I need? Would you just pour it into me? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go home. It was good. I got some stuff I needed. Thank God. Oh, no. We go to our closet of prayer and we're like, okay, God, I need all these things. I need help with this. Would you fix this? Oh, God, please do something. Help me. And the Lord is going, taste and see that I'm good. I'd like to change your appetite. I'd like to change your appetite. John 6 and 35, and I hurry. John 6 and 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. 
He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. I remember one time we'd finished, we were finishing dinner and one of my kids said, oh, I'm full. I know none of your kids ever said that. Oh, I'm full. A little bit of food left on their plate. I'm full. I'm like, oh, I think my wife had made some dessert or something. And I'm like, oh, so you don't want any? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll never forget this. I'm full of that taste. <laughs> sort of funny, isn't it? I thought that's exactly how we get with God. I'm full of that taste. I don't want to lose my hunger for the things of God. I don't want to lose a hunger for his word. I don't want to lose a hunger for a closet and time with him. I don't want to lose a hunger for fellowship with the body of Christ. And there are things of God that he would like to reveal to us individually and collectively. But the only reason he cannot in some situations is because there is no hunger for it. We fill our minds, we fill our bodies, we fill our thoughts, and we fill our desires with natural things. And we have no hunger of depth for the things of God if we're not careful. You know, there's some things that in and of themselves aren't wrong. but they're feeding of the flesh. And you can feed your flesh so much that your spirit man just dies or is starving. You understand that? And I feel the Lord saying, if you would allow me to convict you and draw you and you would be willing to change your appetite. I have a banqueting table established for you. There was a apostolic minister, I believe in Indiana or Illinois. The Lord gave him a dream or vision. In the dream or vision, he saw this big banquet table and he saw different ones around the table. Prominent names that if I called them out, you would know them. Um, prominent names like televangelists and prosperity preachers and people building earthly kingdoms on the back of religion. Names you would know. Some of them anyway. 
he said he saw him all around the table and he thought, what, what is this? He said it was a beautiful table with all these, you know, the settings were there and chairs around. And he said he looked and people were running to the table to eat. And as they ran to the table, they started eating. He said the table was filled with cookies and cakes and pies and all kinds of sweets and just like this whole. And he said they were just taking it all in. And, and he said, I thought, Lord, well, that, that's not good for them. Why, why are they eating all of that? And the Lord spoke to him and he said, they're just so hungry. That they're just eating whatever is being set before them. Why don't you set before them what is true and good? They're hungry. Hear me. We need the Lord to arrest our appetite. And the only way mine and your spiritual appetite will grow is if I begin to crucify my fleshly appetite. I, I'll tell you, this may get me in trouble with some of you. I like sports as much as the next guy or gal. I really do. I enjoy it. It's an outlet for me at times. I can enjoy that. But I know. I can't just take it all in. It'll feed an appetite. It'll become a distraction. It'll compete for my time and my attention. You say, is that wrong? You can argue and debate different merits of it. I get that. You can fill in the blank. Some people love online shopping. I could care less. Appetite. What's happening? It's a feeding of the natural flesh and hunger. And so I have to go, why am I trying to sat? What am I trying to satisfy? Right? Some people, when they go through stuff, they eat. Right? Oh, like, I just need ice cream. And it'll all be better if I have ice cream, which ice cream makes most things better. But I, right? I'll just be what we, we do these things. There's things, you know, some people, when they're going through stuff, they shop. So I'm told. It's, they call it retail therapy. I, who knew? Right? They call it retail therapy. But hear me. I'm not trying to pick on stuff, but I'm trying to give us some real examples of things that we do to feed longing. And those things should become indicators to us. Hold on a minute. You understand? I'm not saying there's something wrong with ice cream. God forbid. Okay, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with shopping. God forbid, lady said. But I need to recognize, hold on, am I engaging in something to bring contentment to my flesh? Am I engaging something to try to pacify, to distract my, right? Some things we do to distract ourselves. Why not turn to him? Why not turn to him? Why not give it to him? Why not engage with him? Why not let my appetite shift to spiritual things rather than natural things? You ever made a statement, I'm bored. What should we do? And usually we go, I want to do something 
that appeals to my flesh. Appetite. Hunger. Hunger. As a family, we went on a, they call it a Daniel fast. I hate that term because anyway. But we went on a restricted diet. And we determined for a month that we would only eat things that came from the ground that grew. So, you know, if nuts grew on a tree, we would eat peanuts or whatever, right? So nuts, fruits, vegetables, all kinds of things like that. Beans, you name it. We, we ate all that stuff. And no sugar. I know some of you are going, sugar comes from the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't buy any sugar cane, right? <laughs> okay. But no sugar. I'll never forget it. As we got towards the end of that month, you ever had sweet corn? You ever heard that term, sweet corn? I learned why they call it sweet corn. It was sweet. Sweet potatoes? They really are sweet. You know, we make sweet potatoes. Now we cut them up and we put brown sugar and butter on them. Anybody else do that? Oh, you just haven't got a revelation yet. Um, <laughs> no. Right? We put brown sugar and butter on those sweet potatoes. Because, but when we did that 30 days... I'm telling you, sweet potatoes were sweet. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. We changed our appetite, and all of a sudden, senses became alive that weren't alive before. Things we didn't recognize and taste before, we were recognizing and tasting now. And I'm telling you, I hear and feel the Spirit of God reaching and appealing to us and say, I'm trying to get your appetite to change. But the reason you're not hungering so much for the things I want for you is you're just filling it with so many natural things. It's not about sin or not sin. It's about what are you taking in so consistently, filling yourself with so much that you're pacified. You know, if I can just get there on Sunday and Thursday, that would satisfy me. You know, I feel the presence of God a little bit. Read the Word for a few minutes. I pray for five minutes every day and I'm going on. And there's so much depth of the Spirit that the Lord wants to lead us in and for us to operate in. But we're filling ourselves with natural things. And our soul is saying, yeah, I'm not dead, but I'm not as strengthened as I could be. And what you're walking in is not as deep as it could be. Appetite. Appetite. What happens if we start hungering for the word like, man... I haven't been in the Word today. I have got to find time to, not because of duty and obligation. I just recognize, man, when I get there and I start reading, it starts feeding my spirit. It, I can tell, right? I want that. I get up in the morning like, there ain't no way I'm going into this day without locking into a place of prayer. I know when I'm in communion with Him, He begins to feed my soul. It's worth more than anything else I can put in. And we begin to let our appetite shift. That's what the Holy Ghost is trying to do to us in a great measure. Because wanting to take us into deep things. I'm running out of time. I won't get through all of this. But let's, let's just read these. Philippians 3 verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often. And now I tell you. Listen. Notice Paul's state. And now I tell you even weeping. They are enemies of the cross. The cross is a place of dying to self. 
They're enemies of the cross, he said. I'm telling you about them weeping. He didn't take joy in this. Watch verse 19. Whose end is destruction, whose God, look who their God is. Whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. For our conversation or our lifestyle is in heaven. It's not here. Our lifestyle is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said their their God is their belly and they mind earthly things. He was talking about appetite and hunger. 2 Timothy 4, verse 9. Watch Paul's writing to Timothy. Timothy, do your diligence. Come shortly unto me. Notice there's a colon there. Come shortly unto me. Here's why. For Demas hath forsaken me. Why did Demas forsake him? Having loved this present world. He didn't say Demas was lost. He just said Demas was forsaking a God-ordained responsibility because he loved this present world. See, just because my appetite isn't always the things of God doesn't necessarily mean I'm lost. But it could mean I'm not fulfilling the fullness of the will of God in my life because I love this present world more than the things of God. And his love for the present world caused him to depart and go to Thessalonica, other places. 1 John 2 Told you I'm just going to read real on time. Love not the world, appetite, hunger. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16. For all, everybody say all. All that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. All of that is appetite. All of that is appetite. What does my flesh desire? What do my eyes desire? What brings pride to my life? That's all desire. Appetite, appetite, appetite. All that is in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Stand with me. The book of Revelation, last place I want to read. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 13. Watch this. I want you to see this in the Word. I, I understand only you and God can change your hunger. You can pray for hunger, for spiritual hunger. And the Lord will honor that prayer. May not be a pleasant journey to get there. Some of you, the only reason you have so much crisis in your life is because it's the only place that it's the only thing that keeps you in a place of hunger. Really. 
For some of you, the only reason you have so much crisis in your life is the Lord knows that's the only thing that will keep you hungering after Him. And the moment He removes crisis, your appetite goes back to the things of the world. And so He brings crisis again. And crisis causes you to hunger after Him again. And you go through this cycle. He's trying to bring you to a place where your hunger is Him. Taste and see the Lord is good. He's good. Watch. One of the elders answered, said unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? Verse 14. And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Verse 15. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and they serve Him day and night in His temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall, watch, he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. Oh, but it goes on. They shall hunger no more. Neither thirst anymore. Neither shall the sun light on them nor any heat. Watch verse 6, 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. How beautiful is that? The Lamb in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them to living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. What you hunger for now determines how you grow and develop in God. You ever heard this statement? Maybe you can finish it. You are what you... So if I start looking like an eggnog milkshake, <laughs> the straw. Right. Sorry. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. You and I are what we eat. And spiritually... You are what you eat. Your life in Christ, you are what you eat. What you take in, what you take in. Where do you take in? You take in through your eyes. You take in through your ears. You take in through your thoughts. You take in, you take in, you take in. What you take in determines how you grow and develop or do not grow and develop. The adversary wants you to say, well, if this were different, if that were different, well, but you don't understand. I got, no, no, it comes first down to what do you eat? What's your appetite and how are you feeding it? They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And one day you'll hunger no more because the lamb will feed you. 
and the Lamb will lead you to living waters. You just got to determine what you're hungry for. Just got to determine. Would you talk to the Lord with me right now before we go tonight? I know this is simple. I know this is simple, but it's a principle we must lay hold of to grow in.